the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Lion Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman coming to you from a rather wet week here in Southern California. As I left my house this morning, we're late to the taping. I'll come right out and say that. As I left my house this morning, uh, Banning Canyon was uh, flash flooding and I had culverts. And anyway, I was underwater for most of this morning. So we're out of it. Having a good time, and uh, joining me on the show here, I have Vic DiCasolo. Now, Vic is the owner of Tactical Night Vision Company. Had him on beginning of October, I think it was, because it was just before I left for my hunt. Time flies. Yeah. So, beginning of October, he came out. We're talking about some of the tripods that he has, and now we're going to head to another show talking more about the Tactical Night Vision and I'm, I'm going to come back to the tripod just because I love them, and they're amazing. So, if you're watching here on the video, that's the thing right behind me here. Which model is this? So that is uh, from Night Goggles, our sister company, nightgoggles.com. And that is our standard tripod, our carbon fiber, a Night Stalker standard that we offer. Standard Night Stalker. So this particular one I used uh, on my hunt in Wyoming. uh, Took a fantastic elk, 570 yards. Sure did. Could not have made... Amazing (laughs) video. Thank you. Could not have made the shot without that support. It was too long and too far and too bad of a terrain to try and do prone or offhand or you know, strap yourself to a tree or something, but having the right equipment and practicing with it made all the difference. And that, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, that's, it's got the uh, hog saddle on it too, right? Um, Pig saddle, hog saddle? Uh, yes, that it's is a, correct. Some kind of oinker saddle. Yes. Which, which one is that? Uh, that's a pig saddle. Pig saddle, there you go. Pig saddle, which is a, a great little device that, that holds your rifle very securely onto those. So, Vic, night vision. You, yes. wanted, you wanted to come back and talk about night vision and some of the things that, that the capabilities that we have um, and how to practice for night vision. And, and one of the things I learned early on is to, for me to practice night vision, I just close my eyes and shoot. <laughs> and uh, it might be a little different if I had something like this, though, right? It is a force multiplier. Um, it really is. It gives uh, a definitive edge to not only... Uh, military, but also law enforcement, also f- for commercial users when we go to want to see in the dark. Um, night vision was first used from American forces in approximately 1943 or 1942 1943, but it was first used in the uh, Okinawa War, uh, the Battle of Okinawa. Uh, we first used our American forces, a uh, big IR spotlight, infrared, we'll talk about that, an illuminator. Um, with a very crude early on night vision device for the Battle of Okinawa, big battery pack, big big dome on top of the uh, the Marines' heads. So, give the guy 
brain tumors from the radiation. Yeah, so we saw the first use uh, back then. Uh, I didn't realize it was that early. Germany was was also was had had limited use. Was also developing very early things, along with the German army that was developing so many things ahead of our time. We, we we're still finding out today how ahead of a time they were. So night visions evolved obviously from the Gen Zero we see um, that we, they called it back in early World War Two. So in those in those tech they did an illuminator. They they had to. Um, they're nowhere sophisticated now to see in zero dark. Um, when we talk about night vision, um, the simple terms of night vision technologies is it's a light amplification device. So what a night amplification device is that if you're in a cave or a subway in New York City where we did some training a while back, if you can't see your hand or can't have any ambient light that you see, the night vision will be rendered useless. So in those scenarios where it was really, really, really dark back then, they needed constant eye illumination constantly. Now, with the sensitivity and a light amplification so, so extremely sensitive to ambient light, a typical Gen 3 US tube will amplify a pinpoint of light 30,000 times. So you can understand how sensitive that is. But if there is no ambient light, you can't see out of a night vision device. So therefore, you'll need eye illumination, which is and basically an infrared flashlight that only your night vision sees. Night vision sees in a certain frequency of light um, from, we see light uh, in the 500 nanometer range and the light we see now, it's, it's, it's very per se in the low spectrum of light. In the high IR energy of light we see, we see night vision working in the 700 up to 940 nanometers. Invisible to your eye, 800 nanometer above you can't really see even 715 above you can't see with your naked eye it's called the near ir spectrum when they make ir illuminators that work in those spectrums of light that only your night vision can see so if you and i are out there in pitch black and you see uh, us using a night vision device and you have an ir flashlight shining down range to help you see better you won't see that without night vision aided eye right so that's what we talk about our illuminators, what they use, because they couldn't use those back in World War II because the sensitivity is not what they are today. Right. So could they, um, can anybody with a night vision goggle see the illuminator then? Or is there only like certain frequencies that you guys have that others don't? There is, and that's a very good question. Um, You're not going to have to kill me if you tell me the answer. No. Okay. So okay. Um, there is some of the Gen 1 stuff, Generation 1, cannot see some of the modern uh, higher nanometer frequency of IRs. Um, Gen 3 can see uh, in those spectrums of light up to 940 nanometers. There is other tube technologies and other devices that see above 940 nanometers. But we, we tell our military and LE guys is that even the cheap Walmart stuff, at Gen 2 stuff that we get into, um, just don't be broadcasting your IR laser illuminator because somebody else with a cheap Walmart Gen 2 or some foreign um, forces Entity. out there can't see you and pinpoint your location very easy. So we talk about light discipline uh, at night when you're using a firearm. Same thing goes for night vision as well. Don't, well, be like them... don't be broadcasting your position at night because even cheap night vision, cheap Russian, cheap Chinese stuff can still see your stuff. So I always like the movies where they keep the green lasers on all the time. And yeah, sure. Which is great because it shows you how good their muzzle discipline is, right? The green laser goes <laughs> over their buddy. And... Yeah, muzzle sweeping everyone, sure. Jeez, it's nice stuff. No, so obviously that's what you don't want to do. Correct. It's, that's more tactical. So... 
you have different units that are uh, put on rifles like this first one here looks like it's actually a scoped unit set up for a rifle and uh, would be a standalone right sure so there's different technologies we have I2, we call it I-squared night vision. That sees in the eye or frequency of light. And then we have thermal devices. So I-2. Phil's two holding eyes. up. Yeah, so, well, no, that I, doesn't mean I-2, two eyes. So it means, yeah, it's just a, it's Generation an industry one. term. It's Gen an, 1 was for Cyclops. Yeah, so eye. we have single night vision monoculars. You're holding a dual uh, monocular. They both see a 40-degree field of view. Um, even though you're wearing dual goggles, they're only 40-degree field of view. You also can handhold them. And you see a dovetail mount on the top, and they can be actually put it uh, uh, put on a night vision helmet. You put on a helmet with a night vision mount, a dovetail mount, and you can wear them on your head. You can flip them up, and you can have dual tube or you can have single tube uh, a monocular. They both still see 40-degree field of view, so it is limited. There's another device that I didn't bring today. It's called a panoramic goggle. There's actually four four tubes, you see. Oh, wow. Um, it's like actually four lenses. Yeah, we call it the panoramic, and it sees 90 degrees. And what, those became famous when Osama bin Laden uh, was actually taken out in Pakistan. Our tier units, our, our Navy SEALs, as, as folks know them Was by, he wearing one of yours? Was, uh, Did they have one of yours? They were wearing, um, we don't make the L3 panoramic goggle, but they were from L3. And the tier group, the, the Navy SEALs were all wearing that system when they went on the hit to go ahead and uh, take care of Osama bin Laden. They wear those four systems because we talked about the limitation of 40 degree with either duels or single. With the four panoramic so goggles, me, it's me, 90 me, degrees. Let me jump back on this. Sure. So what you're saying is that what, if I'm using this system, I've only got a 40 degree pie Correct. slice that I can see. Correct, circle. So you'll see a circle and it's 40 degrees only. Right. Your eyes see about 90 degrees, night vision is limited, with single or duels, only 40 degrees. So you've really got to be sweeping all the time. And- sweeping more exposing your body to look around corners, right? So if you're clearing a room, pieing a room, the SWAT guys love it, the, the tear guys love it when they went to go hit in Bin Laden, they can now see more of a room when they pie a room and go into a room and see more field of view where they want to expose themselves right. or anyone else. They can see a room better. So that's why it's so advantageous to a lot of SWAT types. I, I but at $36,000, only a few people get to afford that, right? That, that's true. So I always <laughs> thought if you're going to clear a room in, in Ben Laden's house, you just throw in a white phosphorus grenade and you can just, you know, you don't need night vision. You can see everything after that. That's how you clear the room, right? Sure. Or just call a jade I'm in and call it a day. I, I like yeah, that one too. Yeah, sure. It's Bin Laden. Let's go have lunch. Yes, exactly. So those, those are the technologies of, we have singles, we have uh, panoramic four tubes, and we have the dual tubes. Um, they see 40 degrees at panoramic. Then we have night vision scopes we talk about. Well, we're going to pick, um, pick up scopes. We have just a few seconds here yep. left on this. So, folks, this is Vic DiCasolo from TNVC Tactical Night Vision Company, TNVC.com. And their sister company, for those of us in the, in the uh, civilian world, is called NightGoggles.com. NightGoggles.com. Some great stuff on there. Not just night vision, you know, the tripods, a lot of shooting accessories. You like to shoot long range. We'll get into yes. that. And uh, we'll be right back after this. FiringLineRadio.com. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself 
on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. And you know, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, that's us. Our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, and every good thing afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful and stalwart companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. Now, if you're not armed for protection or recreation, come on now. Get armed for protection and recreation. Head on down to Bullseye Sport in Riverside where you need to go for your handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. And after you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential for the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211, or bullseyesport.com. For a schedule of the classes, 951-823-0211. Thank you very much, Vince. Um, you know, one of the other things, I'm going to jump off the topic here of night vision real quickly. We are coming up on the crunch for ammo. Um. You know, there's this ammo card that you're going to have to have, um, background check, all this other wonderful stuff that's coming on because we live in the People's Republic of Occupied California. With a K. Backwards K. Yes. So, or, or it could be a C that looks like a sickle. Yes. You can do both of those. Both those matter. So you shoot a lot of shotgun now. You're, I you're do. You're shooting uh, international style trap. I am. I how am. Many, how many rounds do you shoot for that? How many rounds do I practice each yeah. week with? Wow. Um, I shoot a flat a day, which is 250. And just yesterday with my, day before yesterday with my coach, over 300 rounds. So I'm averaging 250 rounds a day of, of, uh, of shotgun. shotgun shells. Yeah. yeah. So, so to, to look at the ridiculousness of, of not being able to buy it by mail because you're such a bad guy. You have how many, uh, Security clearances for your business, but you're for gonna me have, personally, sure. Yeah, you're going to have to go get this little card for the state of California, 
So they can do a background check on you. So you can buy some number eight 12 gauge, yes. two and a half dram, so you can shoot it locally. I can say, let's. Uh... Listen to Kim, you know, Kim Rose. She's a six-time consecutive Olympic shooter. She's the lead plaintiff right now in the yep. state of California. Awesome lady. Um, I, I've been so fortunate to shoot with her and her dad. They've taken me kind of under their wing. Uh, God bless her and her efforts, uh, which she's doing. Um, we hope, I hear the case is going very well. I hope it continues down that path, but she is our lead plaintiff, and we can support her efforts in the NRA as best we can as she you know, pursues this um, totally unconstitutional uh, you know, aspect of what they're doing about limiting ammunition. It's the same way of chipping away, chipping away, chipping away at our rights. Uh, we see the writing on the wall. The NRA reminded us many years ago what they're doing. Many didn't believe it. Well, here we are. Here we are. And, you know, I've got, uh, well, we met at, at a local store here. One of, the, one of the things we've been doing is trying to make sure that everybody who's purchasing a firearm registers to vote. And, and frankly, mm-hmm. I, I'm depressed at the way gun stores approach this. They're looking at this as this is a pain in their butt. They don't want to deal with it. Not realizing that, look, man, why are you going to let this person who's buying this Glock 19 leave your store? They got to do 15 minutes of paperwork anyway. Minimum. Minimum. That's it. Minimum. I'm really good at doing those forms, right? I can blow through one. It takes me 10 minutes. So, you know... It's uh, the I don't practice. even need my reading glasses to know how to fill that form out, right? <laughs> just makes perfect, exactly. <laughs> but the issue is, you've got somebody there, just slide them the registration form. The guy says, hey, I'm already registered. Great, sign up for a mail-in ballot. You bet. Agreed. Because, because Agreed. he's probably That's not registered. Great point. Great point. Anyway, so let me get off of that. I want to get back to some of the interesting thing, the tactical stuff here for tactical night vision. Now, I've never used it, so I'm a total newbie. I, I didn't serve in the military, not in law enforcement, so I haven't had the opportunity to go out and smoke coyotes with anything like this yet. So tell me about, for a, for a civilian use, what do you recommend? There, as we talked about, the we, one technology we didn't talk about is what this device is, is a thermal device. So we also have normal night vision that is analog um, that works on the light amplification device. We also have thermal devices that basically see heat. Hmm. So, Like Predator 1. you got to cover yourself with mud. Basically. uh, Basically. Which, you know, it's true. If he covered himself with mud, his body wouldn't be emitting heat. It would mitigate the actual heat signature of the device he was looking at. There, There was a lot of fact to what they were showing there. He was mitigating his heat signature. Do you guys do those guns on the shoulder too? <laughs> Need that tech someday. <laughs> See how long that takes to get banned. So, no, as long as you can micro laser, you know, microchip right. the laser. That's right. So the device we have here uh, is a FLIR PTS uh, two thirty three. It is a FLIR thermal stands device. For? So for looking infrared uh, signature radar, so which is very similar to what's on the bottom of the helicopters for the sheriff's department. Exact same thing, but much much higher resolution, resolution and contrast, obviously versus what we have here. So basic same premise, though it's seeing heat signatures that you're looking at. The beauty of night vision is that it's the king of what we call PID, positive identification. Mm-hmm. Thermal is the king of detection. So the bad part about using thermal is the overall resolution so you have to get things in much closer than you would with night vision a perfect example about some of the things if a sniper is on an overwatch position on the back of a house and some two bad guys come out we actually did a white paper did some filming two bad guys one bad guy comes out of the house and one good guy one's wearing a jacket says police but they both got long hair they both got guns 
Um, if you're looking to if snipers on Overwatch looking through a thermal device, can't he is, can't tell the difference. He's not going to see the writing on the back of his jacket that says police. Night vision's why they wear clip-on devices in front of their day scopes of snipers, why they use night vision and not thermal. But for the rural, the r- rural, if I can pronounce it correctly, the rural cop out there in the middle of Wyoming, Montana, has some bad guy that bails out in the middle of a field needs to know where he's at. He can pick up a little small pocket thermal scope and see a heat signature from four or 500 yards away. He might not get facial IDs, but he knows damn well there's somebody hiding behind some light bushes that he might not see with his normal night vision device. Is there enough clarification on there to see if the pants are above the waist or below the waist? Because I think that would be a good idea if it's a, per- <laughs> if it's a perp or not. Right. Correct. Yeah. Point well taken. So with smoke and coyotes getting to your point at the beginning, Phil, um, yes, you bet. Um, the detection of actual thermal devices are phenomenal. You can see bunny rapids hopping around at 400 yards. A lot of nocturnal creatures you won't see with regular night vision. You will see with thermal because of the heat signature. Hmm. So little rodents, little bunny rabbits hopping around. Obviously, you know it's a bunny because it's hopping around. You can see deer. You'll see their antlers. Where you might not see it with night vision at all because it's just too small and he blends in. You don't see it real well uh, with a green screen. But thermal, nothing hides from thermal at night. It has a heat signature. You're seeing it. Now, the coyote versus somebody's dog, the neighbor's dog, you got to be very careful if you're out and there might be some areas where there might be um, uh, some family dog or other dogs running around. You have to be careful and get the actual target in much closer than you would with night vision. But thermal is, is the there, king of detection. Now, is there a, a reticle for shooting in this? Yeah, there sure is. On this one, there's five different reticles. Uh, and that's the beauty of these, which also you can do. You can show video out of these. Where you can show your favorite coyote hunt to your buddies, and you're you'd be a YouTube star and show your hog, <laughs> show your hog uh, hunting adventures out there. Uh, you can they have internal video recording, so you take the SD card out on some of them. You can have cables that run out and download to a laptop. We can record all your hunts. Wow. Well, you can't do that with night vision because it's analog, where this has a digi- digital output for thermal. So therefore, you can take digital images, snapshots, still pictures. So that's another advantageous thing about a lot of hunters like to show their buddies and, you know, like they want to be a YouTube star and show their hunts on YouTube. So this particular scope, can it be used in the daytime? It can. It can as well. What's the power Um, range? So there's different power ranges based on the actual size of the lens. This is only, I think, on on this particular unit, a 25 millimeter lens. It has about a 1.5, 2.0 optical magnification. Um, that means it's 2x opticals, we all know, but anything digital brings it up, but you cut the resolution in half. So there's different lens sizes, and they use Germanian lens. The Germanian's an old glass that was used in World War II for the old bomb sites and stuff. Okay. Because thermal cannot see through glass because of the frequency of the glass itself. Thermal cannot see through regular glass, that's why they have to see use germanium so if i shine this out here during the day and look through your engineer here through the window you would not see anything thermal will not see through glass night vision does thermal cannot see through regular glass Uh, a lot of people that are new don't understand that but thermal does not see through glass it's one of the hindrances Uh, so if you're using it in in a vehicle you must have the windows down to look out through it so that's another aspect of thermal. But the guy he's calling you saying this thing doesn't work. Yeah, well we've had it. Yeah, we, we've had it. You know, I'm looking through my back window. I'm trying to find something that doesn't work, and how come? We understand. I mean, people get new to the technology, and there's certain idiosyncrasies of different devices, and that's a, if you want to call it a um, you know limiting factor of thermal. That's it. Well, um, it's it's a tool. So it's got great advan- advantages for a lot of different things. Sure. It's glasses. Apparently, it's kryptonite. Yep, right? and it, it is. But Nothing hides from thermal at night. Nothing. Uh, That'd be interesting to check out. And uh, these are available to the public? They are, yes. All the devices we're talking about here that you see, everything is available to the public. What about all those other ones that are off camera? 
<laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Hey, folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. Check out the podcast at Firing Line Radio on YouTube and Instagram and I don't know where else. Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, we're all over the place, folks. So check us out there. Get the podcast. They are free. And join our group on Facebook or you're not going to find out that we're giving away this free and how to win it. We'll find out. Firinglineradio.com. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey, folks, Mulan Lave Saturday, and you know what? What goes better with Mulan Lave than tactical night? I mean, you want to talk about come and get them, the freedom moment. Boy, this is some nice stuff here. Hey, so uh, as we went off the air there, we're talking about the fact that everything you brought here today is available to the public. Yes. Um, this small set here, which looks like a set of opera glasses, not exactly, but looks like a set. Um, what happens if you turn them in the daytime? We always heard these horror stories. You turn it on, thing blows up, it's trash. In the old days, yeah, you bet when the... Um when the automatic brightness control we now call autogated power supplies, actually you're turning a unit on and off thousands of times per second, and it regulates the amount of high light coming in. So if we actually turned it on in this room, um, you'd actually be able to see through it, but there's no reason for it. But the bottom line is it wouldn't uh, wash out the tube um, in in regards to it wouldn't um, blow up the, the tube and destroy it where the unit would become indestructible. They also have electronic automatic brightness control where it'll cut off the unit. If you looked up at the sun or the electronics saw that it was too much light for the unit to handle, the unit would shut off on its own. You just have to power reset it after a couple minutes. So So flashbang goes off, it turns off. No. um, Instantaneous light like that in flashbangs, we've worked and worked through flashbangs going off. It wouldn't turn off. You'd see the dimming happening, a little blink. Um, but if you looked up at the sun or a really bright light source, it would shut off in long periods of time. More than four or five seconds of continuous use, it would shut off on its own. Flashbangs are not really made uh, to shut off because we have a lot of LE guys we train with when right. we That's throw the bangs, uh, and they don't shut off. You 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 fight right through the the goggles. Very interesting. So um, as I look at these, you know, you grab a set of binoculars, you're just looking at your glass tubes. They're on all the time. Mm-hmm. This is actually electronic. It's not on until it's on. Correct. There's a power switch on. It turns the units on themselves. So they're only on. So we get stories, well, are they going to be destroyed or they're going to hurt if the power's off 
and the units are off. You know, we hear a lot of that. Um, we have daylight covers on most of these. I don't have them on here, but there is daylight covers, you know, flip covers or daylight covers you see it on the PVS-14 here I'm holding up. We have a daylight cover that we have that has a little pinhole in it. Mm -hmm. So if you are having on during the day, we always recommend keeping the day covers on itself. So we have protection on the lenses itself. Uh, but, yes, we there are on and off electrical switches that actually turn the units on and off along with the thermal devices, which you can run them during the day as well. But the deciding factor of running thermal during the day is not really going to wreck the tube. Is we talked about heat, right, Phil? So if we have objects that are the same heat up during the daytime, they're all 90 degrees, you must have heat differential to actually see an object. You talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger. He tried to to mitigate his heat signature so it would equal or not show his heat versus the outside ambient temperature. Same thing during the day. It's hard to pick out a human being in in some rocks when it might be 100 degrees outside. Um, His body temperature might be also 80, 70-something, 80 degrees, and everything is rising. When you can't distinguish temperature differentials with thermal, it's hard to pick out objects. So that's why thermal... Will work during the day, but you might in, in the winter times work much better than the summertime. Right. Thermal devices, obviously. Well, you're looking for the differential between the ambient temperature and, and the source temperature. That's correct. Now, are these legal for hunting at all? Yes, they are. So, California, once again, we see a lot of. Glad you brought that up as well. In California, and I know this because I've researched case law on this. We have what's called a California sniper scope. We have uh, what a California sniper scope is. Is that it is a night vision device, but it has to have criteria, almost like the assault weapon thing. This case law has been around for a long time in the 80s. And you must have the night vision device as well. You must have a reticle and an IR illuminator to be classified as a night vision, uh, uh, night vision sniper scope in the state of California. Thermal does not qualify as a night vision sniper scope, even though Cabela's, I believe, uh, or Bass Pro Shop won't sell these in residence in the state of California. This is very ridiculous. I talked to them about this. Even though it has a reticle and it can see at night, it doesn't have an eye or illuminator. So it doesn't qualify as a California night vision uh, sniper scope at night. Now, a PVS-14 gets very interesting. This can be considered a night vision rifle scope or a night vision sniper scope in the state of California, even though it doesn't have a reticle. And the reason being, some people like to put this to remain passive, we talked about, in don't want to br- the rifles. Put, put it behind the rifle scope or, more importantly, an aimpoint red dot sight. You can look through it. So guess what? Since this has an onboard reticle, an onboard illuminator, an LED illuminator, these do have a very short 10 feet for indoor use, you have now just committed a crime in the state of California because now you've made your PBS-14 into a night vision sniper scope because you met this criteria. You have a red dot in front of it. You already have a built-in illuminator behind it. So now you've classified this as a night vision sniper scope. And we have, it's as silly as it is, we have to advise people in the state of California those three criteria. And this is based on case law. I believe in the 1980s there was a, a hunter that was arrested um, from a BLM person up in Northern California. It was thrown out because he didn't have the criteria that his rifle, dedicated rifle. he was poaching. Uh, no, he, he was just out there. He was just out there hunting. Um, and there is case. There is some law about you can't hunt coyotes and things at at night. But the point is, his night vision r- rifle scope because there is rif- night vision rifle scopes. You know, big rifle yeah, scopes. Yeah. They have a reticle. They have night vision, but there's no illuminator, and he wasn't using an illuminator. So, long story short, that case was thrown out because it didn't meet the criteria. So that's kind of the case law we've, we we have researched in our legal team you, over the years. You look at the price point on these. And the, yes. The gangbangers buying this? No, just like they're not buying a lot of things. If they steal it, that's about what they're they're going to get. It, they're right? going to steal from a cop car, right? Um, but no, this is not this is not your typical um, 
gangbanger right and they're and, and they're and they are t- and they're itar restricted it's real important we, we talk a little bit real briefly that is that the, uh, transporting correct so every u.s citizen has a responsibility one u.s citizens only verified u.s citizens can only own these it is restricted any gen 3 devices to take out of the country that means if you go on a weekend trip to canada mexico um Anywhere else outside continental United States, you cannot take this with you, and there is no excuse. And judges in case law have been very strict on this. So it is up to the U.S. U.S. citizen to understand the laws which we provide, and we have ITAR waivers, things of that, not ITAR waivers, but ITAR notes, restrictions, that you cannot take a device outside What does ITAR United stand States. for? So inner traffic uh, arms. Uh, okay. I remember, yeah. So um, inner trafficking arms restrictions, believe it. So I... All the acronyms I, I go through. Anyways, we work um, real close with the State Department um, on protecting the technology because that's what they want. They want the Gen 3 technology. Hey, we don't it. want this going to bad guys. No, and, and the U.S., it, it's great that the U.S. citizens, we have that confidence and the State Department has confidence in the U.S. citizens and to know that we know we can't take it out of the country. We have to let it stay here. And it's, it's great. It's, 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 it's wonderful that we have the opportunity to own these type devices. But we also, with that, comes some trust that we have to keep this device in the United States. We can't export it. And Lord knows, looking on the Internet, looking at case law of uh, people who have done illegal things, stealing things in the military, shipping it overseas, um, investigation after investigations, and they find those folks and they get locked up for, it's a felony, and they get locked up for a long period of time. Good. So good for them. So um, it's a serious thing, uh, even though we are allowed to own these here in the United States for all bona fide U.S. citizens. We also have the uh, trust that we also have to keep them within our borders and not take them with us outside. So even can- if you forget them in your suitcase, you get caught with it. It's it's a it's a hefty penalty and some jail time. And they're, it, they're really coming down hard over the last three years because we've seen an influx of a lot of flea bay. I call it eBay, but flea bay. We see a lot of eBay sales um, with a lot of shady night vision over the years. Uh, so... We see the State Department and ICE really cracking down on a lot of illegal sales and export of night vision over the last three or four years. It's been, you know, very, very, um, it's been very strict uh, in that regard, and and good for and good for those guys to get that done because we don't need the technology, you know, going out to the bad guys. No, no, that's the reason we have the technology, right? But I'm sure glad they still trust you as citizens having this these devices. But our well, trust they is do as of uh... <laughs> yeah, so so far so good. I I, I mean, there's the good I. Most most of case law, it's just been bad guys stealing things and trying to ship them to make a fast buck overseas, uh, and they get caught. Uh, but I've also heard stories of folks going to um, you know Mexico and Canada with a U.S. Generation Three, the latest generation, in their suitcases and getting caught from the State Department or or um, customs customs border. Sometimes custom border patrol. What is this? And they have some explaining to do. And judges don't take too kindly nowadays with people breaking laws like that. ITAR is very very severe in that regard. And it should just, be. It should just, be. just a point of warning about if you do own one of these, be very, very careful. And that also goes for thermal devices as well. We talked about uh, thermal devices, same thing. Anything over 9 hertz, or, or is it different, uh, um, different measurements of thermal, but anything over 9 hertz, same thing, can't be exported without express. You can, express, you can get written permission from the State Department going through a whole bunch of paperwork to go ahead and take these with you. But you're not going to get it. It takes an arm and a leg, and you have to show good cause to go do it. Uh, even for us, when we travel overseas, uh, and we've been a few places, we don't bring our night vision. They have it already. Even for us to file paperwork, it's very laborious. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, folks, Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out Vic at TNVC. That's tacticalnightvision.com and nightgoggles.com. Night Goggles is where those of us civilians here, you want to check out what he's got on there, check it out. Um, we're actually going to be doing some giveaways, I believe, right? Tripods. Yeah, tripod giveaways, which are amazing. So we're going to use a standard right here, standard night... Uh, Night Stalker. Night Stalker. Thank you. The standard Night Stalker. Anyway, I just think it's my favorite one. I just call it that. We're going to do that as soon as we come back here. Philip Naiman, FiringLineRadio.com. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hello, folks. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. This is the Night Vision, the Night Goggles Night Vision Show here with Vic DiCasolo. Hey, uh, Vic, you wanted to talk a little bit more about some of the restrictions on exportation? It's a real serious subject matter. An international traffic and arms restriction, they're a bona fide uh, entity of the U.S. government that it was set up to protect munitions and safeguard U.S. technologies. And safeguard U.S. soldiers overseas. Exactly. So uh, we can't stress enough, if you're going to own some night vision, um, check on our website. Check what ITAR means. We have a lot of blurbs of what you can and can't do with night vision. It's imperative you understand the technology and restrictions before you you purchase something like this. And if you don't purchase from us, great. But at least know that even a Gen 2 device, Gen 3, in the country cannot be exported without express written consent of the Department of State. And it must fall under the ITAR agreements. I think I've seen just even some optics that have that category. So I've, I've, you know, reading through and it says that you can't ship uh, just some certain scopes overseas and so forth. Sure, because it's protected on uh, some sort of ITAR agreement and it's categorized in the Department of State that there's some sort of technology that can't be exported, that can't go out of the country. Yeah, we want to protect our troops, protect our people, and uh, not give any terrorists any edges. No. Well, you can give them a sharpened edge. Yes, a one-way sharp edge. No, yes. you can have both sides can be sharp. That's yeah, fine sure. too. You can hack away. I meant one. Care. I meant one way. One way in. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a double-bladed axe settled an argument. No. Hey, let's talk about these things. You actually let me back up a little bit. You're doing some long-range shooting, and I was just out last weekend with my buddy Paul. He's practicing for the uh, big shoot in Arizona that's coming on this weekend, as a matter of fact. And he's using your Night Stalker Pro that you loaned to him. Yes. Now, he's with the uh, San Bernardino um, SWAT team uh, police department, and he's done some great great shooting. He's really coming along as a good shooter there. But that is a more heavy-duty unit than the one that's sitting here behind me on video. The one behind me is a standard Night Stalker, and I think this is a great one for hunting purposes. If you're going to shoot 
PRS or really precision long range, then the Pro is the one you're going to want to look for. It is much more stable. It's it's heavier, but it's very very stable. And it holds up to you know compared to 26 pounds for the stalker. Uh, that one uh, will go on the Pro all the way up to 50 pound you know capacity. So yeah. So if you had an ELR rig, a really a 35 sure. pound rifle, you can put it on there and it's not going to have a problem with it at all. Stability is that's what the Pro is made for for heavier you know heavier payloads on top. Yeah, and there's a lot of different uses with them. So, for instance, we were talking earlier about the the elk I shot this year. You know, I'm in Wyoming. Uh, we saw these elk all the way across this canyon. There wasn't a way to get any closer. It was almost dark. Mm. We ran out of cover coming down the hill, so all of a sudden we just have grass between us and these elk at 570 yards. And there's no way. You step out of there, you're, they're going to pick you up, they're going to bust you, and they're sure. going to be gone. But I did, I had your Night Stalker... Um, this one behind me, mm-hmm. I had it with me the entire week I was there. And one of the things that I did is I set it up every time I went someplace. I set it up, even if I wasn't shooting, I just, I kept practicing with it because I only got it like four days before the, the trip. Correct. So yep. this one, this was brand new. And it had, it had the, um, the Reaper grip on it, mm-hmm. a little heavier duty Reaper grip. So I learned after just a few times that it's very simple to sit down and create your setup in ju- only a matter of seconds. And so I kept practicing that, and, and it came into play because at that last day, um, near dark, when I had to use this thing, we're on an extremely sharp hill. It was maybe 40 degrees. It was pretty steep, the video I saw. Yeah, it's, it's about a 40-degree hill, and I was shooting almost straight across, but I was down a little bit, maybe a 10% angle, but, um, so it wasn't like I was shooting downhill 40 degrees. But with this tripod, I was able to put a longer leg forward down the hill and two shorter legs on the side and snuggle in right into it and, and uh, tighten this thing down, take my backpack. I shoved it underneath my arm for the back of the, uh, uh, for the back the of the buttstock there. there. Yep. And it was absolutely, it was the only way that shot was going to be made because when you're on that kind of an angle, you're not going to shoot prone. And I think, I think you're doing a disservice if you're going to try and shoot sitting unsupported or leaning against a tree, you know, there's have a disservice to the animal if you end up wounding him exactly. versus, you know, taking care of business on the first shot. Right. And so, Hey, you have the gear, you use it, you practice with okay. it, you learn how to do that. And, and, uh, Thank you for uh, for the opportunity there because I would not have that giant six by six at home. It's an amazing shot. Without it, thanks. The video was phenomenal. Was Great fun. shot. And uh, yeah, there's a whole story behind it, but it was it was a lot of fun on that. So, how are you seeing this used? These uh, tripods used in the shooting community. So both what you said for long range and, and more importantly the coyote shooters. So my director and our pro staff are world champion coyote hunters, and when you go out and hunt with them. Uh, on, on a coyote hunt, you work. You set your stand up for 15 minutes. You don't see and call your coyote. You don't see him. You pack your truck up, pack you up, and you're, you're driving or walking another mile. You set up again, and this goes on all day. So having uh, having the opportunity to, as you said, quickly set up your tripod and set up different stands every 15 minutes throughout the whole day is paramount. Have something that's lightweight, sling over your shoulder, get to your stand, set it up, call for 15 minutes, no coyotes, pack up, Get out of the get out of the stand. Get in your truck, whatever. Drive another couple of miles down the road. Set up again. Have your uh, tripod over your shoulder. Set it up again, and this goes on all day long. I mean, this is with the 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 actual world champion coyotes hunters do, and how they they set up. They're not stationary. Uh, they don't sit in one spot all day long and wait for coyotes to run in. They stay no more than fifteen minutes, and then they're off to another stand. 
So that's uh, that's how the tripod uh, was basically envisioned, designed to be lightweight, to be slung over your shoulder, and to be able to set up very quickly and get an accurate shot off. So coyote hunting, I mean, coyotes are great because they're so they're so smart and they've got such great eyesight. Um, you need cover, right? You're not going to be just laying out there in the grass thinking, oh, he's going to come towards me anyway. You know, so you really need to have something. And a lot of times that does not allow you to shoot prone because you've got a bush in front of you. Correct. And so with the addition of the tripod, you can get some elevation on your firearm, get up above the grass, above the bushes. And the other part that's amazing about that, guys, is your lack of movement. So you sit down, the gun's on the on the tripod and screwed down tight and they start calling and all you would have to do is your left hand would be up towards the uh up towards the head and there's a small little bolt to unscrew so you can just swing and and tighten it back up and and be ready for the shot without mounting your rifle trying to prop up two sticks you like sticks don't you sure oh yeah i like sticks sticks are for beating mules yeah sticks are with uh, <laughs> they laugh at me still my first coyote hunt i use sticks i missed two coyotes at 50 to 60 yards during the day could not get steady and getting laughed at, and that did not go over well with me at all, getting laughed at, right? <laughs> um, but these are two Oops, world champion coyote hunters <laughs> watching me with these shooting sticks, which never used shooting sticks in my life. Threw those things aside. Nice stalker tripod wasn't out at that time. This is you know, three, four years ago. I got but the right, idea became right, popped right up. I got threw those sticks aside and went on my belly, and you know the rest is history. But I missed two shots uh, because of not being steady. I just cannot use shooting sticks. I, you know, I just wasn't used to them. And when she said you have to practice with everything you use out in the field. I didn't practice with shooting sticks, never used them, and it was an absolute disaster using them. And I see, you know, like we do all these uh, these pig hunts up north. Matter of fact, June 23rd, 24th, we've got another one coming up here. It's going to be really nice. We're renting a big villa in Paso Robles. Oh, nice. Come. No, yeah, very nice. Place. So anyway, um, that's 23rd, 24th. We'll have more information coming on about that. So we go out with these guides, and they're like, they want the, they want the hunter to make the shot, right? The guys never use sticks, so they pull out these sticks like, here, lean on this. And, well, the guy doesn't know how to support his back end on the, the gun or use his knee. Endless amount of if difficulties using sticks. Don't add anything at that point, right? Sure, sure. Look, you need a steady thing. Take off your backpack. Throw it on the ground. You know, Go on your belly. You bet. Anytime you can. If you can shoot prone, shoot prone. If you can't shoot prone, use the Night Stalker Pro. Agreed. That's that's what I've learned on that. Agreed, agreed. And there's not much of a weight penalty at all. No, um, especially with the night stalker. What is it? Four pounds? Yeah, so it's not not much at all. Six pounds, actually five point something. Yep, so almost six pounds. Well, I've been working out. I thought it was only four. Yeah. <laughs> so very lightweight. Uh, it's a way to go. It's the most accurate way of shooting, and I'm living proof about how I cannot shoot with sticks. And that is the dream right there to get accurate shooting from short range out to long range. So. Some of the other things, I mean, the features that you have on it, you've got this universal ball head. Mm -hmm. So it has a large knob on the side. And, you know, when you first set it up, one of the things you learn, right, is I'm shooting right-handed or what we like to call the proper way. <laughs> right. So No southpaws here. So <laughs> i got a really good friend who listens all the time. He's a lefty. <laughs> yeah, that was aimed at you. Yes. So, um, you know, you, you can adjust it when you first set it up so that the adjustment knob is on where your left hand would be very easily. And uh, also there's another smaller knob that allows you your um, horizontal movement. Correct. So both of those, you can set them up where they're very easy to find on your left hand. Very comfortable, very easy. Yeah, the ergonomics are good. Well, if you look at it and set it up first, then it's fine. Otherwise, you're like, where's the knob? You're using the wrong sure. hand. have to come off the gun. So it's just part of learning Mm -hmm. the system and learning how to tighten down the legs quickly and, and what 
what's a good feature. So it's again, it's back to practice. Is take it out to the range, uh, send them down range. You'll be amazed at how much that adds to your game. It's just another tool in your bag. It is, but one like you said, it still has to be practiced and understand what the uh, what the tool gives you. Whether yep. it's night vision, uh, tripods, whatever it is, you must train first. We always say that education is king. Uh, we educate hours and hours of every day uh, on TNVC and night goggles, and that's the key. It's education's first. You get the gear. Call us anytime. We do this for a living, uh, and we talk to people all day long about how to get things properly set up, whether it's for night vision, tripods, or any shooting environment. Hey, folks, we're going to be giving away a Night Stalker Pro. No, not so Pro. Night Stalker Standard, um, standard um, which is the hunting one, in the month of March. So check us out. You have to join our Facebook group, Firing Line Radio. Vic, thank you very much. We'll see you all next Thank month. you. Glad to be here. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, Philip Naiman, and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.